0: Welcome to the Mount Washington Valley Spirit Podcast. Today's episode is entitled, Mother Nature's Effects on Your Paranormal Investigation, Part 1. During your paranormal investigation or ghost hunting activities, you may have experienced man-made interference during your paranormal investigation. Such things as construction, a local radio communications tower, appliances, electricity, your other investigative devices, among many other things, can interfere with your investigation. What I haven't seen discussed on paranormal television shows very often, if at all, is how natural situations provided by Mother Nature can affect your paranormal investigation. Over the next four blog posts and podcast episodes, I will discuss a bunch of these situations so that they can be taken into account when performing a science-based paranormal investigation. Some of this material is from previous blog entries and podcasts that I have produced in the past, so you may have heard bits and pieces of this before. Lightning. The Oxford Dictionary defines lightning as the occurrence of a natural electric discharge of very short duration and high voltage between a cloud and the ground or within a cloud, accompanied by a bright flash and typically also thunder. In the United States, the power available in a standard electrical outlet is typically 120 volts and 15 amps, unless it is an outlet rated at a higher amperage for large appliances. Comparatively, a typical bolt of lightning consists of 3 million volts and 30,000 amps. When a bolt of lightning is created, there is electromagnetic spillover across much of the electromagnetic spectrum, including radio frequencies, Due to this, lightning can cause bursts of loud static noise to appear on audio recordings and cause readings to appear on electromagnetic field readers. The resulting sonic boom, also known as thunder, can also be easily picked up on audio recorders. If the lightning is close by and the reverberations from the thunder can easily cause vibrations in the location of your investigation, setting off motion centers and seismometers. In addition, the same storm can cause infrasound and Schumann resonances, which can influence your investigation. Which brings us to our next topic: vibroacoustic phenomenon, including infrasound and Schumann resonances. Vibroacoustic phenomenon is a situation where vibration and sound combine and influences physiology. Infrasound is the barely audible low-frequency sound that humans can't hear. It can be caused by man-made objects and also by natural phenomenon. The ionosphere is a region of the Earth's atmosphere that ranges from 30 to 250 miles above the surface of the Earth. The ionosphere has what is known as an an anisotropic current, which means a current that varies in magnitude when measured from a different direction. An example of an an anisotropic would be sliding your hand along a beam of wood. If you go with the grain, it will feel much smoother and have less resistance. If you go against the grain of wood, it will feel rougher and have more resistance. The situation is similar with the electrical conductivity of the Earth's ionosphere. It varies with the differentiating direction of conductivity flow. This behavior of the ionosphere causes a closed waveguide to be present between the ionosphere and the surface of the Earth. An everyday example of a closed waveguide would be the coaxial cable that brings television program from your satellite dish to your cable box inside the house. While that example is one that is made by mankind, the closed waveguide between the Earth's surface and the ionosphere is one found naturally in nature. Due to the Earth's sh- shape having limited dimension, there is a resulting action where the earth ionospheric waveguide acts as a resonant cavity. A resonant cavity is a location where electromagnetic or mechanical energy oscillates at a higher amplitude than the surrounding area, meaning the electromagnetic radiation flowing through a resonant cavity is stronger for certain frequencies than it is for others. So to simplify everything, there is a phenomenon caused by a naturally caused situation between the Earth's surface and the ionosphere where there is amplification of certain electromagnetic frequencies that is greater than other frequencies. These frequencies are known as the Schumann resonance. These frequencies are within the extremely low frequency band, which ranges from 3 Hz to 60 Hz, both infrasound and Schumann resonances have been found to have an effect on the human nervous system and can cause perceived paranormal activity. The Earth's magnetic field is also capable of creating Schumann resonances. The ability of the atmosphere and magnetic field to produce Schumann resonances are known as ELF. Again, that stands for extremely low frequency, which consists of frequencies between 3 hertz and 30 hertz. The human ear can generally hear within the range of 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. Sound's frequencies between 0 hertz and 20 hertz are called infrasound. Although it is rare, some humans can hear down to 18 hertz. The Schumann resonance frequencies are 7.83 hertz, which is the fundamental frequency, 14.3 hertz, 20.8 hertz, 27.3 hertz, and 33.8 hertz. Two of those frequencies fall below a human's ability to hear them. A side note is that elephants, rhinoceros, and hippopotami can hear infrasound and use it to communicate when in large herds. Now you are asking what do human resonances have to do with my investigation? Due to the increased amplitude of the frequencies that I mentioned earlier that are below the level that a human ear can hear, it can do one or more of a few things. Firstly, it can create additional interference and electric noise with your devices. While I always use a Faraday cage on my voice recorder, I strongly suggest that they are used in investigating during a storm. Secondly, there is a possibility of a greatly increased level of infrasound which can affect people conducting the investigation. Be aware that there may be spikes of infrasound at 7.83 Hz and 14.3 Hz which you cannot hear, which doesn't include the additional infrasound caused by the thunder itself. For those sensitive, it can cause strange sensations that could be misperceived as paranormal. Symptoms of infrasound sensitivity include vertigo, imbalance, disorientation, nausea, vomiting, bowel spasm, resonances in the inner organs, and other intolerable sensations. I am willing to bet at some point during your paranormal investigation career, whether with your clients or your colleagues on your team, or while watching videos online or on television, you'll see that there are claims of these certain symptoms during the middle of an investigation that apparently come out of nowhere. Although expensive, it would be important to carry a device with you that can monitor infrasound. There is equipment available that does receive infrasound and it gives a display readout on a laptop. To purchase the device you are looking at spending around $350 and you would need as I stated a compatible laptop and included software is necessary. Software is available for both Windows and Apple based computers. The device does not work by itself without a laptop unfortunately. However, if found, there isn't really anything that you can do to prevent infrasound and Schumann resonances from interacting with the investigation, but it is extremely important to be aware of them during a paranormal investigation and not mistake the results of them as something paranormal, as you can often see all over the television. Hemholtz Resonance this is a sound caused by wind passing over a narrow opening, such as a slightly open window or door, a glass bottle top, the space between the bottom of an emergency light bar and the roof of an emergency vehicle, etc. It can cause spooky sounds, and if below 20 Hz it can cause symptoms of infrasound exposure. These sounds can be misinterpreted as paranormal activity and or can make you waste valuable time trying to find the cause of the noises in the dark what can you do about it yes that's my cat scratching at one of those cardboard toys behind me on the floor that's what you're hearing during your pre-investigation walk through when it is light outside look for anything that can cause a hemholtz resonance such as a cracked window or door a hole in the side of a building or a nearby shed or garage a hole in a kid's outside playset a hole in the fence pole or even water splashing off of objects An object near an air vent could cause a Helmholtz resonance. Do your best to recognize potential culprits for the noise when it is lights outside, so if such spooky sounds arise when it is dark, you can find them. Orion's having a blast over here playing with one of his toys. You can hear that. If able to, you can close windows or cover holes that can cause the noise with temporary tape, such as electrician's tape, which removes easily without leaving residue. If you do hear this type of sound during your investigation, keep in mind to not to jump to conclusions that it has to be paranormal because it would be more enjoyable if it is. I like a spooky situation just as much as you do, but we have to worry about the science first and the spooky second. We don't want false positives. Keep in mind the possibility of Hemold's resonances and follow-up as such, so you don't misinterpret natural sounds as paranormal activity. Humidity. We all know what humidity is. It is the water vapor that is in the atmosphere, or potentially in gas, around us. For most people, increased humidity helps to keep the nasal passages moisturized, which allows for easier breathing. Humidity can make a hot day seem unbearably uncomfortable, which is why during warmer weather, some people will use a dehumidifier to remove water vapor from the air in the house. An air conditioner also acts as a dehumidifier. During the winter, more people will use a humidifier to add water vapor to the air in the house to aid in breathing. At my house, I have a cast iron wood stove that I use in the winter to help heat the house at the cost of wood is much less expensive than the oil that it takes to run my furnace. During the day, the wood stove heats the house and at night the furnace takes over after the fire has gone out when I am sleeping. On top of the wood stove, we have a big cast iron pot with large holes in the cover that we keep filled with water as the heat from the stove evaporates the water and saves us from having to run additional humidifiers to keep the air in the house humidified when the furnace and wood stove naturally dry out the air. How can humidity play a role in a paranormal investigation, you're asking? Do you use a laser grid of cameras? Higher humidity can cause visual vapor to form, which you can see yourself or may catch on a camera or seen with a laser grid. On most videos that you see online or on those lovely caught-on-camera paranormal television shows, the person filming the video or the narrator jumps the conclusion that the vapor has to be a paranormal entity. And you typically don't see them walk in with a portable meteorological device, which are extremely inexpensive, to measure the humidity in the room, I'm talking like 15 20 bucks people, get yourself one. Humidity can cause an increase in appearance of photographic orbs in the room, which aren't paranormal to begin with, but to this day, due to the availability cascade, meaning misinformation has been passed on by many people and adopted by many as fact, even when it is false, some people still believe that photographic orbs are paranormal in nature when they are not. A photographic orb, also known as backscatter, in this case is caused by a light source and reflective unfocused particles that are near the camera. Light appears much brighter very near the source due to the inverse square law, which says light intensity is inversely proportional to the square of the distance from the source. The small object flying by the camera is out of focus compared to the rest of the image, giving it a larger foggy reflective appearance. An orb is caused by anything from dust, humidity, snow, rain, molecules of liquid, insects, pollen, animal dander, or plant life just to name a few of one of many things that can cause the photographic orbs. These particles may be free-floating or resting upon the camera lens. These artifacts in photos are very common and very often misinterpreted as something paranormal due to the misinformation that has been propagated over the years particularly on paranormal television shows. The orb phenomena was fueled in the mid to late 1990s by Dr. Dave Oester, whose Yahoo groups page-boasted thousands of followers. Owister claimed that he coined the term orb and took credit for creating the hysteria, although both claims are completely incorrect. Photographic and video orbs have been documented since photography gained quick shutter speeds and a flash. The hysteria was already there before he fueled it as he utilized the popular misconceptions and just added a few of his own to gain notoriety for himself. He claimed that orbs were in fact ghosts and that they could easily be captured anywhere and anytime. He was a major advocate of ghost hunting in cemeteries since it was popular with new people and would add followers to his Yahoo group by making these claims. After being brought to school by many skeptics and parapsychologists, he quickly jumped ship and stopped what he was doing. Unfortunately, it was too late. There was something called the availability cascade, which is where false information gets propagated around by various sources, and in the end, a large amount of people adopt this fact, when in reality, it isn't the truth. A real electromagnetic-based orb of any kind would be self-illuminating and perceivable as an object free-floating and projecting its own light, whether or not it is in range of the electromagnetic spectrum that we are able to perceive with our eyes. One type of orb that would be visible to the naked eye that produces its own light would be one of plasma. There are four forms of matter as recognized by the scientific community. These forms of matter are liquid, solid, gas, and plasma. A plasma orb would be very visible to the naked eye. It would be very brief in tenure and only occur under certain circumstances. More likely than not, it wouldn't be at a house. You're talking about like near swamps and swamp gas, that sort of thing. There are other situations too, but we don't need to get into those today. Orbs on cameras and video are not paranormal, unlike what is commonly believed due to the availability cascade. In higher humidity, condensation can also build up on the lenses of optical equipment, which can make the image appear out of focus. You may see what appears to be a stationary mist, where the condensation can collect dust particles in the air, all of which can affect the quality of your video image. Your own breath can cause mist clouds in a room with little air movement. In many houses, especially older ones, high humidity can cause construction materials to make more noises, such as creaking and moaning. I want to throw in a disclaimer here. I know a lot of what I say seems to disprove a lot of what is believed in the paranormal field. But I feel it's important that as serious paranormal investigators, which most of my audience tends to be, that we educate ourselves on the vast amounts of science that you're not going to see on these television shows, which are usually everyone's first step into the paranormal field. These television shows are in process of doing anything they can to make money. That's what they're there for. Um, The shows have to be entertaining and frankly if they followed all the science that I follow in my investigations it would make for one boring television show. So you're not going to see it on TV and a lot of the groups out there that do paranormal investigating are emulating what they see on TV or they're learning from other groups that originally had probably learned a good portion of what they do from television shows. So when I'm doing my podcast and I'm claiming a lot of this and that isn't paranormal, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that paranormal doesn't exist. I've seen my fair share over the years. I just feel that we need to eliminate all scientific possibilities before we lean towards something possibly being paranormal. Being a paranormal investigator, your reputation comes strong in your ability to... Be trusted to make interpretations of what potentially could be paranormal activity. And if you are someone who likes to post all kinds of videos online where you add in spooky music or use devices that don't work, such as the SLS camera or the Ovilus, when it comes time to do a serious paranormal investigation... Um, You're going to have trouble being taken seriously because a lot of this is, while theoretical, there's no science behind it. And if you're someone who boasts about such equipment or theories that really don't have any science backing, it's really going to hurt your credibility. So my podcast purpose, as well as the blog, is to try and educate people as much as I can to try and help them in their career to understand the science, to become more knowledgeable. That will end part one of this four-part series. On the next episode entitled Mother Nature's Effects on Your Paranormal Investigation Part 2, we will discuss other natural situations and phenomena from the cosmos, yes outer space, that can affect a paranormal investigation. Please visit us online at www.mwvspirit.com where you can find our social media sites and blog. Thank you for listening to the Mount Washington Valley Spirit Podcast, where we don't like to be normal, we like to be paranormal.